Welcome to the Red Caps Podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps into the blood of our listeners and we ramble on about old school games. In today's episode, we're going to talk about keeping your worlds active. Remember, no mortal can outrun a red cap. So as always, I hope you can sit back, listen, and enjoy. I was recently having a Twitter conversation, you know, that website that everybody is running away from right now, with Safer from the Safer Fantasy Role-Playing Podcast. I'll have a link to that down in the description. And during that conversation, I was talking about how it was important to make sure your worlds are active in the background, that the DM could have plots that are constantly happening all over the place between NPCs and different factions, and the players can choose to engage or not engage with any of those uh, story threads, but they should be constantly moving forward over the course of time. I think a good way of crystallizing this is to say, do not pause your world. Don't hit the pause button. Um, most GMs would agree that it's far more engaging for players if they're going through a dungeon that when they come up to a door and they kick that door in, the enemies on the other side weren't just paused and then get on pause when the door flies open. The enemies on the inside of that room should have been doing something. They should have been engaging something. Maybe they're playing poker. Maybe they're eating. Maybe they're cooking. Maybe they're sleeping. Whatever it is, they should be doing something in that room rather than just standing there going, oh, door's been kicked open. Now we'll engage. Same as them moving around inside the dungeon. I think it's just a lot more interesting when the environment is lived in and active and dynamic. Um, And I would argue that is true for the rest of the world as well. So faction play is really key in this. And when I say faction, I don't necessarily mean like huge countries and armies, although that is perfectly valid as well. Factions scale up and down depending on where you as the GM wish to focus your attention. Maybe you want to focus just on a small town and the surrounding area. So let's use an example of that and say that the factions in this scenario that I'm coming up with will be as follows. You're going to have Horus, the dwarvish innkeeper who dislikes the local mayor and wants to replace him. We'll have a local duke who covets the resources of a local mine, and he's trying trying to find a way to subtly drive the dwarves out of that mine. You'll have the dwarvish miners from that mine Um, and they have just recently discovered a new type of ore and are trying to figure out how to unleash its power. We'll have the town mayor, who is a very narcissistic person who wants to increase his own personal power and has a drive to have others recognize that he's powerful. And we'll have an old hag out in the woods who is a force of chaos and just likes to see everybody scramble. All right, so those are our factions. Now, each of these groups or individuals will have their own motivations uh, and plans for the future. And the characters might hear about some of these plans or get senses of these these characters and factions based on rumors or just their own observations while they're in town. But the players don't need to engage at all with any of these people um, and can instead go off exploring, say, in a desert someplace and just come back to town once in a while. But that doesn't mean that these motivations and plans shouldn't continue happening. They shouldn't go on pause just because the players aren't there. So during this conversation with Safer, he commented um, that the way I was describing it made it sound like there was two different games being played. One that the GM plays with the players and one that the GM plays solo. And honestly, that's probably pretty accurate. Um, I've heard of people taking this concept and spitting up a side game where they play it almost like risk or diplomacy and they have a different group of players and each of those groups of players takes on a a faction. I'm sure that probably works much better if your factions are countries and armies and stuff, but I think this works just perfectly fine as a solo type 
gameplay uh, loop that the DM gets to do on the side. So if you read Stars Without Number or Worlds Without Number by Kevin Crawford, uh, in those books, he has some really excellent faction play rules that I would highly suggest people go and check out. Uh, it can be done a little bit simpler than what he does. In this, and the scenario I'm going to run you through here in a moment is my simpler take on it. But he really does have some fantastic rules in there. And I think it's probably maybe better thought out than what I've got here. But um, yeah, go check those out. I'll have a link to both those books in the uh, show notes as well. But here's my description. Every month or so, uh, or maybe every season, depending on, on, again, the time frame that you want to use. And timing is important. Again, this goes back to the whole concept of you know keeping accurate time in your adventures. But yeah, so every month or season or whatever time scale you want, take a moment in your GM prep and sit down and think about over the last couple of sessions, have your players impacted any of these factions in a meaningful way that would you know, change their trajectory would it, that could, you know, assist or hinder them on what their goals are. So let's say, for instance, these players were, were out adventuring someplace and they come back to town, they're full of gold. They head to Horace's Inn and they just have a big party. They carouse, they splash gold around, um, and they have a great time there. Maybe that gives a plus one to Horace's goals because now he's got a little bit more extra cash. Uh, you know, people were happy in his, in his inn and they were partying. Uh, so they've got, you know, good vibes toward, towards him. Uh, so yeah, so maybe that helped out his goals. The, maybe the players also along the way had visited the, the dwarves at their, uh, copper mine. And while they were up there, the dwarves became suspicious of strangers. They weren't expecting guests and suddenly this group of adventurers show up just as the dwarves have found this new ore that they're trying to figure out. So now, you know, they become a lot more uh, insular and secretive and they've got their guard up and they realize that, you know, maybe we got to protect this thing. And by doing that, uh, the players may have inadvertently, you know, hurt the Duke's um, ability to reach his goals. So maybe the Duke gets a minus one on his goals because he wanted to drive the the dwarves out and now they've got their backs up and they're a little bit more um, defensive. So, you know, you, you, you go through and you, you think over your sessions and you apply these pluses and minuses to the different factions. And then after you've done that, uh, you would then roll an initiative dice essentially to determine what order the factions will operate in and then decide what action during this time period, whether it's a month or a season that the faction is going to do to further their goals. And then I would roll on a simple chart. So I've got like a D6 chart. Uh, the D6 chart goes six, means that everything went perfect. You know, the plan went off without a hitch. Nobody even knows that you did it if it was something you were trying to keep secretive. A five would be everything went really well. The plan was successful, but people are a little bit suspicious that it was you that did it. Uh, four, the plan mostly worked. Maybe something failed in it, uh, but pay people are pretty sure that it was you. Like it's known that you tried to do something and it mostly worked, but some things failed. Um, a three would be that it mostly failed and people are suspicious of you. So they don't know it was you, but they're pretty sure it was. And most of the plan failed. Maybe a couple pieces of it worked. A two means that the plan totally failed and people know it was you. And one is everything went really, really wrong. So the plan failed in a spectacular manner and people definitely know it was you. So that, that would be how I would roll it. You know, just a simple D6 and you roll that out. So let's, let's try it with those same factions I just did. So 
let's say that you rolled a knit and the knit came out with the hag, the mare, the duke, the dwarves, and Horus going in that order. The hag decides that as an agent of chaos, she's going to release a bunch of plague rats on the town. She rolls a D6, she gets a four. The rats are heading into town. Uh, this is going to, you know, impact people's opinion on the mayor because now they've got plague rats everywhere. Um, and she rolled a four, so the plan mostly works, but people know that she did it. She doesn't really care though, because again, she's an agent of chaos, but maybe this will later on impact her in that, people are now sending adventurers to go clear out the, the hag or something. Um, so yes, she goes. And then after that, the mayor would go. Um, the mayor has decided that he is going to try to institute a new tax and gain some wealth for himself. He rolls a four, um, which is now a three due to people's opinion being lowered uh, to him due to the plague rats. Um, and with the three, the tax mostly fails. So he isn't able to raise as much money. He gets some because it mostly fails. So he was able to get some of the the money raised and the tax, but his popularity dips in the town. Um, and people are suspicious about why he was trying to raise money while there's problems happening. Um, maybe that tax does impact Horace though, because Horace had all that extra money. So maybe, you know, maybe he loses that plus one that the players gave him by spending a bunch of money in town. Maybe he loses that because he got taxed a whole bunch more. Uh, so now next would be the Duke. The Duke comes up and he's heard rumors that Horace seems to be ambitious and knows that might hinder his ability to push out the, the dwarves from the mine. And he also knows the current mayor can be lured with power and money. So the Duke decides to give uh, the mayor money directly to go and hire mercs under the guise of cleaning out that hag because we now know that the hag is the one that spent that we were suspicious that the hag is the one that sent the uh the plague rats uh but really he wants to use those mercenaries to go and focus on pushing out the dwarves he rolls a six but he ends up getting a five due to the uh, previous minus that was on him meaning that the hercs are hired and or sorry, the mercs are hired, and maybe that impacts, you know, Horus and the Hag and the dwarves later on. Um, you know, maybe that impacts their ability to do stuff in, in later um, sessions or later, uh, you know, faction play turns. Horus decides to offer free rounds of beer at the, as bar uh, and gives a big speech about how bad the mayor is. Uh, he rolls a four. Uh, it mostly works. The, the uh, his popularity increases uh, with people that are going to his inn and his bar, uh, but now the mayor knows about it, and that will negatively impact his relationships with the mayor moving forward. So this only takes a couple minutes to roll out and come up with some some quick one or two line notes on things that are happening for each faction, and at the end of it, the DM now has a whole new reality of things that are happening in this town. And over time, the power players will shift back and forth and change. Maybe new factions will spring up and, and die off. Um, and none of the players have to actually ever engage with any of this. This could all just be background stuff that they come back when they come back to the town and they're talking to people, you know, they're hearing new things that are happening. There's, there's life. Uh, and I think that's just, just enriches the world overall. It also, I think it gives a way to scratch that storyteller itch that many GMs have. Um, you know, they can get out plots and ideas running in the background. And, you know, if, if the players don't engage with them at all, that's fine. They can still happen. And eventually, depending on how big it is, maybe it impacts the world to the point where the players have to intervene. Um, but if they choose not to, that's completely fine. The problem, I don't see there being a problem with any of this, you know, 
a lot of people will say plot is bad, scenario is not plots. I think plots are fine as long as you're okay with them. Once the players engage with the plot, it's now no longer a plot. Now it's a, you know, let's see what happens type scenario. So yeah, I th- all this can be summed up, I think, really clearly by just simply saying, on pause your game world. Make sure it's not sitting on pause waiting for things to happen. But what do you guys think? Uh, would this make your game better as a, either a player or as a GM? Do you do something similar in your games? Let me know. Uh, go over to the website. There's SpeakPipe. There's voicemail. There's email. Uh, drop me a note. Let me know what you think, and I'll play it on the show. All right, folks. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Red Caps Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. You learned something and that you were eager to come back for more. www.theredcaps.net has all the links to all the ways to contact me, and I would love to hear from you. Thank you very so much for listening. And remember, never let your caps dry out. Stay safe. Have fun. We'll talk again soon. Take care.